0: Welcome to the Facts or Feelings Podcast, Episode 3, the NBA edition. I'm your host, Ryan Bass, where today I'm fired the fuck up, and for good reason. Uh, We ain't holding back today on any of the topics, so I hope you're ready because the Facts or Feelings Podcast starts now. For most teams, we're 12 games into the season so far. That's a little over a tenth of the way in. In other words, if you're off to a bad start, there's reason for slight concern, trade rumors, or anger, maybe all three. Some teams that I'm going to discuss today look head and shoulders above the rest. And then we have some teams that are floating around 500 and can't decide if they want to show up or not. I also have some teams that I will tell you to pump the brakes on or buy into early season success. So let's start off with our Western contenders, pretenders, and who the hell really knows teams. Let's start off with the contenders with the Denver Nuggets sitting at 9-2, and two, being 7-0 and oh at home, 2-2 two and two on the road, and second best odds to win it all. That's, that's great right there. They're continuing last season's dominance early on without Jamal Murray, who suffered a strain in his right hamstring. Malone says he hasn't seen him returning anywhere uh, in the near future, and they haven't missed a step without him. That's how good they are. In all 11 games for the Nuggets thus far, Nikola Jokic led in high points every single game, averaging 30 per so far. He also has averaged a high of rebounds to early. I would say early MVP signs if he keeps it up. No one seems to be able to slow him down or figure out his game. He's just that good. Uh, Might I also say his assists and his peripheral vision is unworldly. He's just really good. The Nuggets have already beat some notable teams, including the Dallas Mavericks, which are a game behind them as of Thursday, the 16th when we are recording this. I expect them to be the number one seed again this year. I don't uh, really think it's a one and done for Denver. And dare I say, I I see an early sign of a dynasty. Shout out to coach Malone, by the way, he just received, I want to say a well-earned contract extension for his continued success. And he galvanizes his talent. He really does. And the men around him, which is what you uh, can't say for a lot of coaches out there. He's just figured out a way to tap into his players. Whether they're shorthanded, they never seem that way. They communicate well. You just see all the continuity that you want to see. So they make the top of my list on contenders in the Western Conference. Next up, here's a fun one. My Los Angeles Lakers. You're probably thinking they're, they're on my list because they're my team. You're probably asking how. They're six and six. That's crazy. Look at who's uh, above the standings right now. That's a fair point. But where were they after the first 12 games last season? I'll remind you, 2-10. And, and where did they end up? The Western Conference Finals against the Nuggets. They still have a lot of the same pieces and coaching. So there's far more uh, continuity at this point. I think the biggest issue is finding out rotations with a few of the new key players that they added Gabe Vincent, Torian Prince, Jackson Hayes, Christian Wood. Uh, Keep in mind that Gabe Vincent has been unavailable due to injury along with their key defender, Jared Vanderbilt. Once those players get back, I think they'll be a tough team to beat. I really do. They've already revealed some of their trade targets coming up, and one of the names was Zach Levine. They have a couple contracts set up in such a way that would match perfectly in salaries. I would think they would have to package something like D'Angelo Russell and Rui Hachimera to get them because that's what matches up and the way they structure their contracts, it makes the most sense. But in my opinion, I think this gets you some offensive firepower that they lack, three-point shooting, and some defense as well. They've also discussed bringing in DeMar DeRozan and bringing back, guess who, Alex Caruso. That trade to me is probably going to be a little bit easier to – make happen at this point and they miss Alex Caruso. That dude's a dog. He will dive on the ground. He will get the rebounds. He will get up in someone's face and he's turned into quite the offensive player. Need I say? So come back to come back to Los Angeles, please. And yeah, no one wants him in Chicago. Not like you, not like you wanted in Los Angeles. So just come back. Uh, my biggest gripe is Anthony Davis I, I I never thought I would back LeBron James like this, but nearing the age of 39, he is having one hell of a season. And on multiple occasions, James has tried to hand the torch over to Davis. He has amazing talent, but he lacks the motor at this point. And since the championship, which was won in the bubble, he can't stay healthy. He's a roller coaster, meaning one game, he's gonna give you a Giannis or Joker type of performance. The next game, he will give you absolutely nothing. Davis has addressed his bad performances or no shows multiple times, and he took accountability for it the other night. But you know, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do about it other than lip service? What are you gonna do to fix this? I if it were up to me, I'd say get your ass in the gym. He's always getting injured. And last night, he even asked for a sub in the first quarter What the amount of money he is making and what they gave up to give him. He needs to be more committed to this team and committed to the sport. It just doesn't look like he wants it the same way LeBron James wants it. There's a lot of AD rumors going up right now. Trade him. I don't think that's going to happen because he does have great talent, but he lacks the motor and also the availability. He does get hurt a lot. It might sound like I'm trying to talk my way out of the fact of why they're a contender, but on the flip side, they get through it each and every year and they end up in the Western conference. So I do think they're going to add some pieces to complete the puzzle. I think they're going to figure out a way to connect on each and every level. But until then, it's gonna be some growing pains. I expect to see some improvement though. And right now, seventh best odds to win it all according to sportsbook DraftKings. So not bad. But definitely a better start than last year. Moving on I've got the Dallas Mavericks. You mean the team that like completely threw the last three or four games on purpose? that could have made the, the playoffs, yeah, that's that's the team. Luka Doncic at this point and Kyrie Irving are gelling together. As long as Kyrie Irving can refrain from disappearing for no good reason, stay out of the media in a bad way, I think they're good. Doncic is averaging, uh, averaging over 30.7 a game, Kyrie 22.3, and either one of those two can go off well beyond those stats. I expect this team to be one of the tough Toughest teams to get through this season. They have some pieces around them: Tim Hardaway Jr., Seth Curry, Markeith Morris, Grant Williams. My main question is how will they match up at center versus any other good team? Because Derek Lively, Dwight Powell, it doesn't convince me so far. They could go out and trade for one, but uh, I'm going to have to wait and see. Ninth best odds to win it all, which leads me to our Western Conference pretenders. Coming in, number one, the number one pretender in the Western Conference is the Phoenix Suns. Without a doubt, Kevin Durant will go down as an all-time great, but he won't go down as one of the greatest of all time. He's arguably one of the best hired guns I've ever seen, but with his age, injury history, lack of leadership, you can't count on him to get you over the hump. This is why he joined Golden State, who was already beating the shit out of every single team. He joined them. He got rings. Sensen, and before that, what has he done? Nothing. Devin Booker, he's good, but he also has injury issues. Bradley Beal, cool. Big question mark. But I don't think you're going to get a revamped, better version of what you've seen in the past from him. There's no way. And then you can go to their big man, Yusuf Nurkic, who has a hard time competing with other big men, followed by a bunch of bottom feeders. This team is as top-heavy as it is injury-prone. They lack depth. The one silver lining I'm going to give them, though, is Frank Vogel, defensive mind of coach who's won it all recently. But this team, as constructed, is nowhere near a Western Conference appearance, let alone a finals. And here's what's funny. They have the fourth-best odds, according to Sportsbook, but I call Bullshit. The next pretenders on my Western Conference list is the Clippers. I really want to know the gentleman working over at ESPN Analytics, by the way, the part uh, department along with the sports book DraftKings. Because as of today, the Clippers are at plus 2,200, which is the eighth highest odds of winning it all. Meanwhile, though, they're winless with James Harden. I think they're 0-5 right now, 0-6. Generally, they're an older roster. There's no real leaders on their team. They have all ball dominant players with no selfless stars between Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. There's no room for anyone else, let alone sharing it amongst that group. And let's be real. The most available player on their team right now, I would say, is Westbrook. And he's not getting you over the hump. And his turnover issues next to James Harden, that's alarming. When's the last time you saw Kawhi Leonard or Paul George stay healthy long enough to keep this team in contention? If you didn't notice, the 76ers out east are playing contender ball since trading away James Harden. And now he's on the Los Angeles team that looks like they're grasping at straws. I see this team, at best, being a first-round exit. So this leads us into our next tier of teams that i call who the hell really knows let's start off with the golden state warriors who have the fifth best odds that's because of steph fucking curry but the issue with this team is it's old they don't have a single big man or center on their entire roster like seriously they don't have anyone signed at the center position Last year, this was their Achilles heel. They got out-rebounded, out physical, worn down over the course of a seven-game stretch. If you don't recall against the Los Angeles Lakers in the second round, they have a lot of shooters. But as you also may recall, this is why they didn't get many fouls or go to the free throw line. And a lot of people complained about that. Many thought to move uh, on from Draymond Green, offload him, go younger, get a big man. Instead, they extend him and go with Chris Paul from State Farm. I, I don't, how does that make sense? I mean, maybe it'll work because they do have one of the best coaches in the league and maybe of all time, Steve Kerr, but they're going to need some magic by the trade deadline to jump into my contender list. So that's why they're on the who the hell really knows because you never know with them. Next up on my list, I have got The Sacramento Kings. Remember that young exiting or uh, that one team last year? They were exciting. They were fast. They almost knocked off the Golden State Warriors in game seven in the first round of the playoffs. They currently sit at 6,500 or plus 6,500, which is 14th best odds to win it all, which is not bad if you're feeling risky to bet. And many teams would kill. I mean, kill to have De'Aaron Fox on their roster, who's averaging 30 points a game, 5.8 assists per game, and shooting just about 36% from three, which is great. They have an exciting build around them, Harrison Barnes, DeMontis, Sabonis, Malik Monk, and others. Everyone wants the underdog from California to win. I just don't feel like come playoff time, they'll compete against, um, you know, a, a... in a seven-game series against one of the other seven teams above, above them or below them. They just don't normally fare all that well come playoff time. I could be wrong. We'll see. Next up, here's a team that's been winning a lot this this uh, season, but they still made my list, and that is the Minnesota Timberwolves. 10th best odds, says the wise men high in their own supply. Their roster consists of Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, Nas Reed, Anthony Edwards, Troy Brown Jr., many others. But they made this list because as loaded as their roster is, it's a bunch of formidable number twos, number threes. No one's really a number one at this point. They'll give you a hard time on most games. Hell, they'll be in decent standings come playoff time. I just don't see them making a deep run as currently constructed. Here's a little bonus list that I made called notable shit shows. And I really only had one team that made this list in the West. And that is the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. Your best ability is what they say is your availability. And their biggest issue right now is John Morant. Unlike most superstars, he doesn't miss games due to injuries. Hardly ever. Hell, he'll even play through them. He's a tough son of a bitch when it comes to that. He doesn't lack the motor either, but he lacks common fucking sense. This kid has been suspended more times than he's ever shot those guns that he brandishes via Instagram. He's came forth and he said he's sorry for his actions, costing a great team any chance to compete. But then he turns around and gets in trouble for the same shit time and time again. Here's what needs to happen. I think someone... And the elite status of the NBA needs to go talk to him. And he might listen. Or you know, maybe if Nike pulled his endorsements, and or maybe if his father would, you know, father him, but really, it's a damn shame that this team could be a contender conversation if his off field drama was non existent. It's it's a damn shame because last year they were exciting. They were fun to watch. They were talking trash. They were right there on the brink. But when he started getting in trouble, Off court, you saw them go down. So until then, they're going to be a dumpster fire, and he needs to get his shit together. Let's move out east. I've got my Eastern Conference contenders starting off with the Philadelphia 76ers, six best odds. It seems disrespectful, though. They're currently sitting at 8-3 and with the reigning MVP, Joel Embiid, and they just upgraded by subtraction, meaning they got rid of the plague known as James Harden. To the Clippers, in return for this, Marcus Morris, Nick, uh, Nick Batum, Robert Covington, KJ Martin, and multiple draft picks. In addition to their new players, they also have a surging Tyrese Maxey, who's playing lights out. He's averaging twenty point seven 20.7 or twenty seven point six a game. My apologies. Uh, Five point one rebounds, six point seven assists. Along with Tobias Harris, they also have Kelly Oubre. Uh, who, although he has his off-court issues here and there, he's averaging 16.3, 5.1 rebounds, shooting 50% from the field. And last but not least, they added Nick Nurse as a head coach who is an upgrade over Doc Rivers. No disrespect to the Doc, but he hasn't been a coach who can get a team over the hump since 2010 appearance uh, with the Boston Celtics. Next up on my contenders list, I said this last episode, Milwaukee Bucks, third best odds to win it all. And I agree with this one. Giannis Antetokounmpo is a world beater. They just added Damian Lillard, and that shifts the powers unlike any of the other moves that I saw this offseason. They also have Cameron Payne, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, Malik Beasley. They have a complete roster. And I just, I see this team giving any team that comes across their path a world of hurt. And they're still trying to figure it out right now. And they haven't even tapped into their full potential. And they look phenomenal. So give me Milwaukee Bucks on that list. Finishing off my contender list out east, I've got the Miami Heat. The guys got too high on their own supply yet again. Because they currently have this team as 12th best odds to win it all. But are we that far removed from last year? Really? I mean, they were the AC team that went on to the playoffs to bounce the Bucks in the first round. Then they go against the Knicks in the second round. And then they go to the Celtics after that and bounce them as well. And they were doing this with no Tyler Harrow. And when this team is healthy, consists of Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, Kevin Love, Duncan Robin, the list goes on. Uh, Duncan Robinson, my apologies, but make no mistake. This team is stacked with talent, depth, they have the roster and they've consistently made it through the postseason and deep year in and year out in recent years. Look it up. You can fact check me all you want on that. The guys upstairs are way too low on them. And I like what they did last year. Let's remember, they made the finals last year. I think they can, can be a really big pain in the ass to anybody out there. So they're playing tonight as well. Next up in my Eastern Conference, contenders, pretenders. We're moving on to the pretenders uh, list right now out east. And coming in at number one, the Boston Celtics. Crazy, huh? Plus 380 as the best uh, odds to win it all right now. I think they might have tripped acid while coming out with these odds because. Each year, whether they're one game away from making the finals or being two rounds away uh, uh, away from making an appearance to the Eastern Conference Finals, this team always falls short. And they got Drew Holiday and Chris Porzingis this offseason. I'm just not impressed. Uh, their number one right now is Jason Tatum, which is many contender teams number two. Jalen Brown's always being shipped out. Or they're trying. And You know, this team who is number one currently uh, to make it got bounced off by the Heat last year, who I have above them. In a seven game series, they got beat by a battered team, the Miami Heat. And when a team consistently tells you that they can't make it to the dance, AKA the NBA Finals, you believe them. They've been stuck. They've been stuck in the 17 title stories of old, but they haven't done shit since 2010. And that's why they made my pretenders list. Make it past the make it past the playoffs. Make it to the NBA finals. Hell. Even win one. And maybe the following year I might be bought in on the hype. But until then, I would tell you to pump the fucking brakes. And I will put any team above. Uh, as listed in, in, in the Eastern Conference Finals, or I'm sorry, the Eastern Conference list that I made above them, uh, which leaves us to the who the hell really knows in the Eastern Conference. And the first up is the Indiana Pacers. And I'll tell you why. This is, this is very simple. As Buddy Heald and Miles Turner make the trade rumors each year, they'll stay on this list because I don't see any substance here. They'll be competitive at best. But are they even going to have a team? If they trade those two away, I don't know. And they're always in the trade rumors. I do have a notable shit show, actually, for the Eastern Conference. The Brooklyn Nets. Ben Simmons and company. Wait, 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 wait. It's just the company because Ben Simmons is hurt again. And the rest of the company was traded off when the super team experiment went sideways. I mean, when it comes to Ben Simmons, he is the definition of fake it until you make it he really is cuz he got superstar money the dude's hardly ever played he had all the hype he had all the media all the attention he's always heard it doesn't make fucking sense it really doesn't but hey he made his check he got his brooklyn nets you're going to be in a world of hurt for all the things you traded for for all the players all the pieces that are no longer there You're going to be in a world of hurt for some time. Sorry about that. Uh, Here's my final thoughts on on this uh, week's NBA, though. It's it's a long season, and trade 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 moves, injuries that constantly shakes things up. But as it stands, I feel like there's a clear difference between these three categories, and it's fluid. It could change week in, week out. We got 82 games. I get it. It's a long season, but right now, there looks to be a clear difference. And that does it for the Facts or Feelings Podcast NBA Edition. On our next episode, I will be talking all things NFL, my week 11 reactions. So please be sure to like and subscribe wherever you may podcast, follow on all social medias at I am underscore Ryan Bass, leave a comment and a review. But most importantly, you tell me, America, was it fact or was it feeling? Once again, I'm your host, Ryan Bass. Take care, everybody.